Welcome back to the Drive the Lane podcast, and we have a special edition of the Drive Lane podcast for you today. We have the first ever Walk On Chronicles Part 1. We talked to a bunch of different walk-ons. Joey, who do we talk to? We talked to Zach Bush. We talked to Mike LaTulip. We talked to Brett Rowing, all from different schools, all with much different paths to becoming a walk-on, all with very unique stories about being a walk-on. An awesome episode, the Walk-On Chronicles Part 1. Of course, sponsored by High Street Tees. Joey and I are heading to Columbus this weekend for the Penn State game. You can catch us in our High Street Tees gear, whether it's our customized shirts or our threes shirts. We're always repping High Street Tees. We love the shirts, and we love saving you, our fans, some money. Highstreettees.com slash DTL. Promo code DTL15 is how you can get 15% off of your entire order. The shirts are so comfortable. I'm wearing one right now, and I'm comfy as hell. We love the shirts. Rep the bars that you have been to. High Street Tees, a toast to Ohio State's past, present, and if you're lucky, the future. Highstreettees.com slash DTL. Promo code DTL15. 15% off. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Walk on Chronicles. Let's go. All right. Now, when we say we have a special podcast for you guys, a special episode, we really, really mean it. Obviously, it's near and dear to my heart. This is part one of the Walk-On Chronicles. Now, what exactly does that mean? Well, we got together some of the greatest walk-ons the NCAA has ever seen to hear their stories about how they became a walk-on, their stories about their first bucket as a walk-on, and even some unique stories that maybe they haven't told um, the rest of the public uh, obviously you've heard some awesome stories from me, but we wanted you guys to hear it from other people. You know, now they're asking, people are asking why Joey, why do we want to hear from the walk-ons? Well, college basketball is here. Not only is college basketball here, but non-conference is here. When do walk-ons play the most? Non-conference. When Gonzaga's up by 45 points, the walk-ons are playing and that's happening as we speak. Unfortunately, Kentucky wasn't lucky enough. Um, and usually a game where the walk-ons get in when they play a school like Evansville, they actually lost. So... This is a really cool episode because you hear some unique perspectives and um, all the stories that I've told about being a walk-on, you'll realize, okay, those kind of make sense, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, we're, we're working on some cool and different things for the show, and this is just another example of something that you're really not going to get anywhere else. You're not going to get five walk-ons talking about their stories. You're not going to get the inside scoop of behind-the-scenes stuff on a on a. NCAA tournament team on a national champion contending team. So this is something special that we think is going to go over very well with you guys, and then we'll do it again. Right. that's what you do with good things, you do them again. And hopefully the people want more. We'll give them more. So like I kind of said, we talked about um, how they became a walk-on, um, their first basket, and a cool story. So I guess I'll start by sharing that, and then Zoldan will do the same thing because he has some great stories himself about his, his basketball experiences. But for me, um, in terms of becoming a walk-on, uh, I'll keep it short because you guys know I went to an Ohio State team camp my, going into my senior year of, of high school, played really well. The coaches, long story short, wanted to help me out, 
but they didn't necessarily offer me a spot as a walk-on. I sent them my tape throughout high school. Boom, they offered me a spot, and the rest is history. Um, I had my heart set on playing Division three basketball, and then when the opportunity presented itself to play my dream school, that's when it was a no-brainer for me. Usually it's the reverse. Most walk-ons either are like Division one school or bust, or or they're willing to play anywhere where they can have a scholarship or whatever, unless it's a Division one. I was all about just let me play basketball in college. So I think that was a little unique um, in terms of that. As far as um, my first basket goes, that was against Mercer my freshman year. Um, let's see. I'm trying to set the scene for you guys. I had missed like seven threes earlier in the year already, something crazy like that. Um, I was the only walk-on on the team, so like when I went in the game, the, the fans were obviously – going nuts, but they also were specifically going nuts for me because they just wanted me to chuck something up like every time I went in the game, and I wanted it to be a good shot, but it definitely fell in that trap and was chucking up stuff all the time and not getting the greatest looks, so um, offensive rebound, Mickey Mitchell kicks it out to me, um, and I get a great look from the top of the key. I hit it. Uh, if you can picture this, I go from the follow-through instantly to the three in my right hand, um, and not only was that really, really cool. Um, to get my first basket, I had some of my best friends um, come in town because it was over winter break. I had some of my best buddies um, come in to see it live, and uh, we actually did not get a single second of sleep that night. I could not stop smiling, and we were having we were having a blast. So that's my bucket story. That's my walk on story. Um, I don't I don't want to give away too many stories because I want to save it when we have guests. Like I have a great walk on story around Coach Mata, um, who hopefully we'll have on at some point. Um, I have a great walk-on story with Coach Holtman, obviously, another person that we'll hopefully we'll have on in the future. Even like, um, you know, a guy like Greg Odin, you know, maybe we have him on in the future. Another great story with him. Um, even like D'Angelo Russell, who definitely would be awesome to have on, not say, not promising anything, have an awesome walk-on story about him. So the list goes on and on, and I want to save those. But I'll do, do a, a, a walk-on story that is um, – Unique, but it also gives you a taste of just how walk-on life is. My freshman year, we would do zigzag drill, and there was 12 guys, and it evened out so that there was one big that needed a partner and one guard that needed a partner, and that was Daniel Giddens, who ended up being one of my best friends on the team um, my freshman year. And so DG, of course, was um, he wanted me to be his partner for zigzag drill. So, okay, um, we do the zigzags, and uh, I, I mean, it's not – he's seven foot. I'm a short white guy. All I can do is handle the ball, and I go past him, and then I wait for him to come back. I go past him. And Coach Dickerson, who's now the head coach at um, uh, University of South Carolina Upstate, he goes, DG, that's a, that's a fucking Division three basketball player that's blowing by you. He's a fucking Division three basketball player. So that kind of sets the scene of what uh, life is like as a walk-on. They thought I was a Division three basketball player, but I was actually giving uh, one of their prized division, one of their prized uh, recruits, the business. So um, I don't know how those correlate correlate necessarily, but um, DG will tell you that uh, I was the furthest thing from a Division three player on that team. Um, but Coach Dickerson, we laugh about that every time I talk to him. I go, "Hey, Coach D, like you know." I end up having a pretty good career. You think I still belong to D3 player? He goes, oh, Joey, you know, I was just, just trying to get the guys fired up. <laughs> a little Coach Owen. A little Coach Owen my, in my Coach Dickerson impersonation. But oh, nice. Co- Coach D is Coach D is the best. So that's my little story. I, I have so, so, so many, but I can't I can't give them away. You know, I, I wrote a story on Joey. I think it was his sophomore year. Sure. I was still in the dorms. My so sophomore, sophomore year. We're the same age. And... Yeah, we are. He was almost he was almost too big time by then for me. He, I was like, "Hey, man, want to do a story?" Blah blah. He was like, "Yeah, 
take it up with the SID. Here's his number. If he says it's fine, then, like, I guess we can do something. So he he was even too big time then. So for his his big time head to hear oh, that geez, he was a Division three player – Probably probably didn't make him too happy. I was the most humble walk-on ever in terms of, like, I knew my role. <laughs> like, I, was, I, I wasn't there demanding for playing time. I wasn't there um, going trying to go one-on-one when I got reps in practice. Like, I was like, all right, I know I'm there to move the ball and box out and make the right pass and play really hard and dive on the floor and cheer people on, and that's what I was going to do. So, so yeah, the division three, the division three coming more so. It didn't hurt my ego; it just hurt my feelings. <laughs> so, yeah, take that. Yeah, I, now I know how to get under your skin. I might have to call you a division three player or well, something now like that. that. Doesn't matter because yeah, because now you're we're all just old. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was a division three player. I'd love to get some basketball <laughs> in nowadays. But so we always talk about trying to be relatable. Yeah, re- Zoldan, please relate to this story. Right, there's there's only a handful of people. Who are relatable to walk-ons? Well, I will. Before I don't want to cut you all off. You, but all you. All let me you. just say this: the coolest thing that me and my dad thought of going into my freshman year on the drive to Ohio State for moving day, I said, "Dad, you know what's really cool? There's a ton of scholarship players in the NCAA. If you're just looking at just basketball, most of the guys are on scholarship. There are even fewer walk-ons, so I'm even more unique." You're so, more in the minority than exactly. scholarship players. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, no, I was just going to say there's probably a lot of people out there who enjoy playing basketball, and maybe we're not – Shout out basketball, great game. Maybe we're not uh, lucky enough to grace the presence of a Division One team. So I'll give you a story from my rec league days. Quick, brief story. Go ahead and skip it if you want. But <laughs> – a brief Just story. Hit the times too, real quick. <laughs> brief story from my rec league days. Rec league playoffs last year. All right, my fraternity is playing another fraternity. What fraternity are you in? I will not disclose the name of the fraternities in case these guys are listening. I don't want them to get upset. And for those of you who don't know what I look like or only see pictures, I'm a little more uh, heavy set than Joey. You know, lugging <laughs> lugging around. We have little, different builds. Lugging around a little extra weight by all by no means. Heavy, but by no means skinny. Maybe a little slim thick. He's husky. Maybe a little slim thick, husky. Uh, we're, we're playing playing in fraternity, and I hit a three. Yeah, you did. And some guy not even in the game, watching the game, goes, let, let that guy shoot after I make a shot, okay? This guy's not in the game. <laughs> so I make another shot, okay? You look over at him. Look over at him. Make another shot. Look over at him. And then the ball goes out of bounds to him. And I go up and grab it. And we start jawing at each other, going back and forth. Like, literally, like, this guy is like, I'll play you one-on-one right now. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of the game. <laughs> Obviously, I can't play you one-on-one right now. And the ref's, like, separating us. And I'm still I'm barking at this guy. He's barking back at me. And he's like... He's like, he's like, nah, man, like, I'll play you one-on-one for $100, all that stuff. And he was like, let me get your number, let me get your number. And I don't know what came over my head, but I was like, ask your girl for my number. Ooh, that's good. And then we're playing these guys again. They're like, he's like literally screaming like, oh, like, let the, let the fat ass shoot, blah, blah, like shit like that. And scoring again, 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 looking at him. Finally, he gets, finally, I, I, Hit a three, turn him, and lift 
my jersey up and my shirt and just show it to him. Basically flashing this guy at the Mizzou wreck. And he got thrown out of the wreck. And then we won the game. So that's my brief. That's my wreck league claim to fame. I thought that you were going to say when the ball bounced him out of bounds, I thought you were going to be like, hey, you shoot it. Shoot it. See what happens. Like when Carmelo went to shoot. Yeah, and exactly. The whole, exactly. But, but, I mean, that was my, you know, I had another, I have a friend who worked, did a podcast at Mizzou, and he was watching the game, and he told that, he was refing the game, and he told that story on his podcast. Whoa. Yeah. So now that story, now that story has been told on two podcasts. Just reaching a gigantic audience. And if you skipped to this point, you just missed one of the craziest stories. Oh my god! Is she? Are they okay? Are they okay? They're okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's good. At least no one died. So we're gonna we're gonna now get to the Walk On Chronicles. Let me briefly before we get there. Let me give you background on on each guy. Give them their school. How I don't give away too much. Right, of course. So um, we don't. I don't know what you guys want to know, but here's here's what I'll tell you. We have Michael Tulip, who played at Illinois, was an outstanding high school player in Illinois. Um, he had numerous mid-major offers, decided to go to the highest level of basketball he could go to at Illinois, um, had some run at Illinois, played on some really good teams, some really average teams, um, eventually grad transferred to Wright State and had a great career there. Um, I know Mike, obviously, because he's from my area. We have Brett Rao, who um, went to Missouri. Shout out my co-host, Andrew Zolden. I don't know if you guys know, but he went to Missouri. So he insisted on having Brett on. Luckily, Brett is one of my good buddies um, because at Missouri, one of my closest friends um, was also a walk-on there. But we chose to talk to Brett because uh, Wolf was probably busy because Wolf is is Wolf. But anyway, talked to Brett, um, and we talked to him um, about everything to do with Missouri. And finally, Zach Bush, ZB. Um, who played at Wichita State, was teammates with Ron Baker, Fred Van Fleet, and he's got some really cool stories about them. Um, the walk-on fraternity exists. Um, Zolden was in a fraternity. So was I. The walk-on fraternity, there's tons of guys. Not everyone is from the walk-on fraternity in this, but there's an unspoken bond between these dudes, and you'll hear in these stories that we relate to a lot of the same things. Um, so it was cool to get a chance to hear some of their other stories, some that I heard, some that I haven't heard, um, because it's good to prove to you guys that um, – the lives that walk on live walk ons lives are real. It's happening. It's not just an excuse to pity us. Um, it's it's tougher than uh, than the average college person's lives. So um, yeah, man, it's a super super special episode, near and dear to my heart. Um, if you guys like it, you will like it. It'll happen again. Um, but without further ado, let's bring on the walk ons. Buckle up. Drive the lane. All right, we now welcome on to the Drive the Lane podcast a close personal friend of mine, a member of the walk-on fraternity, Zach Bush. You might know him as ZB. He is a former player for the Wichita State Shockers. Zach, how we doing, man? Doing good, brother. How are you? Well, yeah, living the dream, you know, living the dream. So Zach, um, Zach is a part of this uh, little group chat, little cult that we have called the walk-on fraternity. Um, it's me and a bunch of guys from all over the country, from Wichita State to Texas to um, Gonzaga. The list goes on and on and on. Um, but everyone's story is unique in that walk-on fraternity. So, Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became a walk-on? 
So originally out of high school, um, my senior year, I signed with a Division II school. I'm from Wichita. Signed with a Division II school in Kansas. Um, had kind of been loosely recruited by Wichita State. One of my former AAU teammates. Um, kind of a walk-on legend, I think we can call it now. Ron Baker. Uh, we nice. played AAU together. Yeah, exactly. Ron had... Uh, they found him late at Wichita. Um, they didn't have a scholarship left, so they talked him into coming out there, walking on, redshirting for a year, and then getting put on scholarship later. So they kind of, I think, tried to sell me on the same dream. Like, they liked me, but not quite enough to offer me a scholarship. I think still had some questions about me, wanted to see, you know, what I could do. So I ended up changing my mind in the middle uh, of the summer, which now I'm a GA. I see how destructive that can be for a program, which back then I didn't understand, but my division two coach I was signed with was telling my mother she was a bad mother and I was never going to make it. And basically just let me fucking have it. Back then I didn't get it, but I see it from the other side now and it was probably a pretty shitty thing to do, but it turned out pretty good. But so I ended up at Wichita State. Um, I think in my first practice, I was called a jerk off in a shocker jersey. So that was pretty uh, eye-opening not quite as fun at that uh at that point as i thought it might be i'm thinking like what the hell did i just get myself into brutal first year um uh, but all made worth it by capping that year with a final four run so uh, after that i was pretty much willing to put up with any shit they would give me so. and that final four run included <laughs> an elite eight win over who Oh, so sorry to do it to you, but I'm not sorry. I love it. Ohio State. <laughs> the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. Sorry to you. Sorry to Lorbach, my hey. bad guys, but had to do it. Hey, man, shit happens. No worries. No worries. Maybe we'll get you back at some point. But um, we okay. we really want to hear what your best stories are from your time as a walk-on because not only did you have some um, you know, incredible moments team-wise, you had some some pretty cool teammates, whether it's Fred Van Vliet or Ron Baker, who we already talked about. Are there any moments um, in your time at Wichita that, that stands out to you? My God, if only you knew. Like, I, I literally wish I had, like, written down everything that happened because I swear it could have been – could have we could have wrote a book. Like, JR and I talk about it all the time. But, I mean, from the off-the-wall things, you know, Coach Marshall, like, says – to just things that happen in the locker room. Like I have some of the goofiest, funniest teammates ever, but I think what everybody want, would want to hear is kind of the coach Marshall stories without giving away too much to get me in trouble. I think one of the best ones I can remember um, is we played Oklahoma state at home, JR and I's senior year. We are, I can't remember. Oh, no. Okay. So it was right after Ron and Fred had graduated. And so everybody didn't really know, you know, how good we're going to be. We end up, you know, getting to the tournament. We beat Dayton first round, lose by two to Kentucky second round. So I had a really good year, but start of the year, non-con, we play Oklahoma state at home and just get our ass beat like Juwan Evans and Jeff Carroll, like leaguers just getting right against us. And we lost by about 18 after the game, Coach Marshall held us in there for like 30 minutes, and he's just going off. And he finishes his tirade with, this is this is what you guys did tonight. He just turned around. He turns around, bends over, spreads his cheeks, and says, come on, just give me the biggest thing you guys got. No lube. Give me whatever you want. Do whatever you want to me. <laughs> oh, man. I will, I will back you on the fact that um, in this walk-on group chat that we talked about, those stories definitely are thrown around, um, and, oh, and you definitely uh, are saving the good ones, which, as you should. Um, but what about yeah. 
I was going to say, I think yeah. you know you know most oh. of the really good ones that I probably can't say because I don't want Coach Marshall to like hunt me down and kill me. Yeah, if Coach Marshall somehow listened to this, that would be great. But um, safe to say we don't want that out there um, regardless. Um, but I do want to hear more about you and JR. JR is, is the other walk-on that um, we've become close – well, obviously – Zach's close friends with, but the other walk-ons have become close with, um, and they were together, basically. They were the, the duo, the dynamic duo of walk-ons, and they had a pretty special senior night. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was it was a pretty incredible night. It started off, I knew it was going to be a fantastic night when, um, God, what's the referee's name? Blonde hair, Todd Lanner probably hates him because he thinks he screwed Kentucky oh, yeah. at UNC game. Um, Higgins. What's the ref name? Higgins, John Higgins. So Higgins and I got a little history. We, uh, I would like to, you know, when you, you know how it is when you get later in your walk on career, you start getting ballsy. So I'm at the end of the bench, you know, and in road games, sometimes I tell Higgins like, damn, you really fucking blew that call. And sometimes he would laugh about it. Sometimes he'd tell me Zach, like turn around and go back to the huddle or I'm going to fucking tee you up. And so <laughs> at this point I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. We got a good relationship. So I see, during warmups, um, Higgins walk out of the tunnel and he's the official. And I'm just like, yes, like, like freaking <laughs> I'm like, I knew, you, I knew you, I knew you'd show up. I knew you loved me. And he gave me this little wink and he's like, Hey, just, if you get in at the end, just put the ball down on the floor. I'll get you the free throw on. So we're, uh, kicking the shit out of Evansville who shout out to Todd at Kentucky, <laughs> just handed Kentucky the home L. Oops. We're, we're beating, uh, shout out to the Evansville Valley. by like, yeah, shout out to the Valley. We're beating Evansville by like 20, so he puts JR and I in with like four or five minutes left. And I got to give love to JR first because this dude just gets hot and hits, like goes three for three from three, just one after the other. Dunk, dunk, dunk. Crowds just freaking going crazy. And then uh, I was fortunate to get on the get in on the action, a little baseline out of bounds underneath our own goal. Got the little over the top, had the little ISO, little back down, uh, MJ, little half spin, shot fake. And sure enough, Higgins came through, blew that whistle, ball hits off the back side of the rim, front side of the rim. Shaq Morris, our starting five man, jumps up, and I think he's about to goaltend it. And I think I would have killed him for ruining my moment. Thank God he pulls his hands away, ball drops in, crowd goes wild. I give it the old fist pump. JR gives me the chest bump. Uh, go to the line for the and one. Did miss the free throw. I it's will okay. admit that. No one um, remembers that. A little disappointing. Exactly. I think I was so fired up. You know, I don't think people realize how hard it is as a walk on to make free throws at the end of a game when oh you've been God. sitting for like an hour and a half. Like you're cold, cold. Like it's tough. You have like said- I know you don't have that problem. <laughs> you have said so many relatable things. The first thing that comes to mind is the first game. I have the same thing. I have a ref. Um, I'm not going to say his name because because he's the man. Um, but he. Uh, same thing, told me, he goes, hey, because the first, the first game that he refed, I shot a pull-up three in transition and missed it, whatever. The next game, he goes, hey, man, you drive, you drive, drive the lane, no pun intended. If you, you get in there, like, I'm calling a foul for you. You're going to the free throw line. Um, so See, that's, that's, the that's the, I don't think people know how great that is because most refs are just trying to get the hell out of there at exactly. that point in the game and the walk-ons are in. Like, so it's, call nothing. Like, you can get raked and you're not getting it. Yeah, then that's the same ref who, just like you said, would, would come up to me 
during um, during games and say, hey, man, get your fucking guys in line when we would run out to, like, half court to celebrate or whatever. Obviously, it's a joke, but he's still – and then after the – like, before the game, he'd give me a hug and be like, hey, how's your mom? i will be like, you've never met my mom. <laughs> so uh, – Like, uh, why are you missing my mom, sir? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I have a I have a question for you, but I'm, I'm a huge college basketball junkie, obviously – so the first thing I wanted to do is congratulate you on your six-time athletic director honor roll and your Shelly Cox KETV leadership award at the 2017 Wichita State postseason banquet. Uh, very proud of you. I, you know, I appreciate that. I don't think many people know how much effort went into that award. Actually, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I did win the, I think it was like the Elite 12 Missouri Valley Conference Academic Award, awarded to the 12 highest GPAs in the conference, One wow. about one from each school. And sadly, I got that um, my senior year with a GPA of like 3.3. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, what the fuck is going on the rest of the team? Like, are we serious? I've got the highest GPA of 3.3. We are fucked. <laughs> so everybody remembers their first. Let's Basket. talk about your first. <laughs> let's talk about your first bucket. Where were you? Set the scene. Let's hear it. She is a beaut, my friends. Are we? Here's the question, though. Are we going first exhibition bucket? First bucket at all? Does does exhibition buckets count? Um, no. No. This is the beauty of this podcast. You can do whatever you want, but no exhibition doesn't count. <laughs> wow, because that's a beaut. That that was assisted by Jr. Oh man. Well, maybe we can make okay. an exception because yeah. that's walk yeah, on to we'll, walk on. Fi- we'll make an exception. Go ahead. Yeah. Wait, hey, intern, make the exception. Yeah, we're good. All right. Yeah. You're good to go. Okay. Okay. I think my first bucket was, I know this was my first one. Uh, I redshirted my freshman year, so didn't get to play that whole year, obviously. That next year um, against Division Two Emporia State, get in there, little transition, sprint to the corner, know my role, JR, cross-court dimes. Three, just cash money, just nothing but net. Should have gave it, should have gave it the old uh, bone arrow like Joey does, but didn't have that much <laughs> swag as a redshirt freshman. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember my first real in-game bucket. Oh wow, look at you! So many buckets you can't even keep track. I know all 18 of those career points. Well, See, that, I don't know if Jr. is actually going to remember his. Jr. has like 80 career points. Yeah, because Jr. was a real player for a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, not fair. But I do – okay, I can't miss out on the fact that your younger brother is, is now a walk-on at – well, has been a walk-on at Wichita State as he followed in your footsteps. What's the best piece of advice that you gave him? Oh, the young lad. Um, I think just warning him of, like, how intense Coach Marshall is and how brutal it was and also, like – if you're going to get in, do not fuck up. Like you do not want to be that walk on that. Like you get in and you screw the plan. Everybody's like, Oh my God, get, get him out. Somebody get him out. Get him the fuck off the floor. It's like, nobody wants to be that guy. So I think I've made it, I made it a point the whole summer before he got there of like trying to go over set plays with him and shit, but he's done a good job. He's, he's got a better jumper than I do. So I won't be surprised if he knocks down a few tray balls this year when he gets in. Yeah. It's not hard to have a better jumper so, than you though. On your, uh, on yeah. your, <laughs> on your, uh, like your page, on <laughs> Wichita state basketball, you have your own page. Do you know your, <laughs> your personal says son of Dave and Stephanie Bush born September 16th has a brother 
<laughs> graduated in 2017 with Bachelor of Arts in Sports Management. And then it says averaged 22.8 points per game in high school, 9.6 rebounds, played in the KBCA All-Star Game, scoring seven points, career high 34 points, 18 rebounds. And you're... Are you blushing yet? Am I re- you, am I reading yet? this correctly? You have the there. There may be a little blood trickling down there. You have the maybe getting excited. Yes. Eisenhower <laughs> Eisenhower High School high jump record of six feet and eight inches. Is that true? Hey guys, I'm not gonna fucking lie. Like I was low key a little bit the man in high school. Okay. Wait, what's okay? High, if we're talking high jump, I know that you can fly. What's your uh, go to dunk if you're in a dunk contest when at your peak? Oh. Well, 25 pounds ago, it was the – so I'm, a, I'm an awkward jumper. I jump – I'm right-handed, but I jump off my right leg. So my go-to in warm-up lines to just get all the brothers hype and, like, kind of, you know, talk my shit was the going off right foot, one-legged windmill, but same hand. So same foot, same hand. Ooh. Right foot, right hand windmill off one leg. That was the go-to right there. Unconventional. Love it. Love it. Yeah, well, you, and you know how you know how everybody gets when the white boy walk on like gets up and throws one down. Oh yeah, well imagine me, the five foot eleven, six foot on a good day, um, walk on, throwing it up high in the air, letting it bounce and going up and dunk it. Like people, first of all, my teammates they saw it a lot. Like like I, I'm actually like pretty pretty athletic, not to brag, but like the best thing would be I could see the fans going like, what the f- what did that just what the fuck just happened. That was my favorite oh, thing. Best. And like the OSU beat writers would be like, well, oh, Joey just dunked in warm-ups. Didn't know he could do that. That was like every single oh, that, game. And that, as a walk-on, that's your time to shine is warm-ups. Like, oh, my God. You only have a certain a certain number of dunks in you, you know, being that, you know, you're white and that your legs are probably uh, not real strong. So you got to make the most <laughs> of those opportunities. Right. You, you probably got about five good attempts and then you're done. When um when I won the uh, three point contest my sophomore year in our like little like midnight humble Memphis, humble brag humble brag you know humble brag um when I won it Mark Titus was actually uh the MC of that and he interviewed me after for everyone to hear and goes um so what do you Joey what do you what do you have to say to the fans uh, after that performance and I said uh guys make sure you get to warm ups early because warm ups are gonna look a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question. Do you, are, so what is the deal with you and Titus? Because I sense a little jealousy on Titus's part, maybe, and maybe that's just part of his like shtick. Like he's super dry and you know likes to think he's like the greatest thing to come out of Ohio State ever. Yeah. Um, What's the deal with you? There's two? jealousy on both ends, definitely. Oh, Titus no. jealous that Joey was in college at the time, and Joey jealous of Titus's book. And all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah. I would say, I would say I the main point would be that we butted heads because Titus was the king of go in there and don't do anything. And then I was the king and you of, were, yeah, of go, go in there bucket. and light it up and throw the ball out of bounds and try and alley-oop people and just like have fun out there. So that's where – that's like our little fun, you know, back and forth that we always have. It's, it's funny that we are very different because Titus never claimed to be this – awesome basketball player. Um, whereas like, I like to think that, you know, I had some meaningful minutes, you know, it's a little different. So there's a lot of back and forth, um, between us, but we're, we're good friends at the end of the day. It's in not the, like him and Evan Turner or anything. In like the that. walk-on fraternity, Joey is the social chair and Titus is the risk manager. <laughs> okay. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. 
Oh, man. All right, Zach, appreciate you, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, we'll definitely have you on for part two, hopefully. Maybe even have you and JR together. Um, we'll little merge the calls so we can hear some more stories between the two. How does that sound? Love it. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, see you, bro. Peace. We now welcome on to the Drive the Lane podcast for our walk-on chronicles episode. Former University of Missouri walk-on, Brett Rao. Mr. Rao, welcome to the show. How are we feeling today? Uh, well, right now I'm a little down. We <laughs> just lost a tough one to, uh, on the road at Xavier. But when I got the text that you guys wanted me to come on the pod, you know, gave me a little bright spot in the night. So I'm doing all right. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one to watch. My emotions, like I'm sure yours were too, all over the place during that one. And I got to just sit and, and laugh at him, so <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I was throwing stuff. I was yelling. Like, the typical night watching the Missouri basketball game. That's a, that's a tough one because for those who didn't watch the game, uh, Missouri didn't give the game away, but that's a game that they should steal and win, and that's what is I'm sure frustrating you guys the most because you there's no business winning that game necessarily on the road against a ranked team, but. The fact that you were in it, I was telling Brett before we started recording, hope is poison, and as a Bears fan, I know that. So when you get a little bit of hope, that's when uh, you get really sad. So, yeah. 100%. 100%. Can't Dude, my feels like uh, <laughs> feels like Mitchell Smith's been on the team for eight years, and he's lost to Xavier <laughs> all of those eight years. Every Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Brett. Well, why don't you give the people um, your background, how you became a walk-on, all that good stuff. Oh, well, mine was probably a little different than your regular preferred walk-on. Obviously, probably a little different than yours, even, Joey. But I, uh, out of high school, I was pretty trash, honestly. Um, So I ended up going to hometown junior college, LG Community College. Shout out them. Um, But I went there my freshman year. uh, Honestly, didn't play much. Averaged like four, four points a game. I'm a pretty good team. We won 20, 20 games, but didn't play much. And then my sophomore year is kind of actually when I started to become good. I actually practiced basketball for the first time in my life instead of just <laughs> it's amazing going to actual practice, like when I was required. Um, but, yeah, I uh, ended up being a second-team All-American that year. And uh, honestly, it was just obviously the dream is to play Division One basketball and that was obviously what I wanted for the longest time. And I probably, I honestly was just sending out emails like left and right to these division one schools, high major, low major, whatever. Um, had some D2 offers and stuff, uh, NAIs that I was looking at seriously and stuff. Um, but I ended up just getting an email back from, uh, Rob Fulford, who was an assistant at Missouri at the time, who's now, uh, on staff at University of Akron, where I am now. Um, so it kind of came full circle. But he uh, reached reached back out to me and uh, told me to come down for a visit and play with the guys and everything. And I went down and did that. And then they told me probably about a week later that um, they would take me as a preferred walk-on. So not your conventional story. Um, not really in a way recruited as a walk-on at all. Um, but it ended up working out in my favor. No, totally. Everyone's story is unique, whether you're a walk-on or a scholarship player. Um, and I've, we have a nice little mix on this Walk-On Chronicles episode of dudes who um, were really good players that um, walked on because they were great basketball players, 
dudes who had to take different routes like you did, different routes um, <laughs> like you did, and then guys who, who maybe were connected to the staff already, and that's how they got there. So it, it's it's fun to hear you know everyone's unique perspective of their journey and stuff. Is there a specific story maybe that um, – you know, stands out mostly to you and over um, your years at Mizzou? Cough, cough, <clears throat> Florida State. Um, as he is uh, alluding to, um, the Florida State game was uh, our NCAA tournament game. And to give a little backstory, we that was the year after we won nine games. So, obviously not one of the greatest years in the history of Mizzou basketball. Um but then we ended up getting uh, a new staff and everything, got some good recruits, some good players. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, few, uh, a few played, a few didn't. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we ended up going to uh, the NCAA tournament, and uh, I was fortunate enough to play a career high in minutes in that game, uh, 13 minutes in the NCAA tournament game for a walk-on of any sort probably a lot um but especially for the journey i started from when i got to mizzou from i i think i played seven minutes my whole junior year um and then i finished my last game of my career in the ncaa tournament uh with 13 minutes and i also i got an and one so that's pretty pretty memorable in my book my kids will definitely know about that and they'll probably think i was a little better than i was but I mean, that's how it goes, right? Well, yeah, well, it's safe to say that you'll say, not only did you play in the NCAA tournament, but you played 30 minutes, not 13, and you didn't have three points. You had, <laughs> you had 15, and you guys won the game. So that's easy. <laughs> so um, that's how it goes. Uh, it's safe, I was going to say not to rain on your parade, but safe to say that uh, a walk-on playing 13 minutes in the NCAA tournament game, you guys did not move on to the next round. <laughs> we, uh, we did not, uh, you know, fans aren't always pleased to see a walk-on in in those type of moments. Um, you know, they're thinking, well, we have this guy and this guy to put in. But, you know, I, I tried my best. I did some good, a little bad. <laughs> I tried my uh, best. <laughs> well, what was interesting about that game is you said, like, this guy should be in, that guy be in. We, we didn't – Mizzou didn't have this guy or that guy to be in. You were literally, like, the next at, guy up. At that point, yeah. Actually, funny story. Most people probably do not know this. Probably nobody. Uh, we go into halftime – halftime down i think we we're down 19 maybe 20 on the dot and i mean obviously you're not thinking good thoughts at that point it's your first ncaa tournament for the program in five years i'm down 20 um and out of like middle of the coach's talk he's like he's like wow you're starting for porter in the second half and like he just kept talking but at that in that second i'm like wait what what, what just happened i need to stretch <laughs> And I, <laughs> I just had to get some shots, coach. Um, but yeah, so at that moment, I was like, I was I was ready to be honest. Cause I played in the first half. That's when I scored and stuff. But like that just caught me way off the prize. And then I get out to the court. Like we bring in the huddle to like drop the first play or whatever. And he literally just draws everybody's number up there. And it's not up there. And I hadn't heard anything. So I'm like. Wolf, Wolf looks at me. <laughs> he literally looks at me in mouth. Tell him. I'm like, what do you expect me to tell Coach Mike right now to put me in the game over Michael Porter Jr. to start the second half of the NCAA tournament game? Oh man! But and and, and what ended yeah. up happening? Uh, I did not start the second half, <laughs> and not a word, not a word was said to me about it. 
which, oh, man. which was fine. I, I mean, it didn't, it didn't affect me in any way, but did you ever talk? Just, just did, kind of funny you how ever, it played out. Did you ever talk to Coach Martin about that? I did not, but I probably will one one of these days when I see him next or next couple of times. We'll see. It's going to come up at some point. It's, I'm uh, I'm watching that. I'm watching that game, and you're in, and I go, God damn it! Why the hell is Brett Rowan? <laughs> And then you get the and one, and I'm like, yeah, keep Brett Rowan. We're going to come back and win this game. See, Dad, I told you, that's going to be the best story in the history of sports. And then it's a 22-point game at half. Porter's signing his NBA draft papers at halftime. It was just I, – I can't even imagine how you yeah. felt because I was, I was pretty emotional myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a, a very exciting and uh, – I don't know if I'd call it a sad moment, but definitely a lot of up and down in that game emotion-wise. So, Brett, that obviously is a crazy story, ginormous moment with kind of the season on the line. But I'm guessing you remember your first bucket, and I'm guessing it was not a similar environment. Set the, set the scene for your first career bucket. Uh, first career bucket was against Wagner. University. Um, it was at home. We were up. I actually got in with like nine minutes to go. It's the second game of the season. Got in with like nine minutes to go. And I'm like, wow, I'm I'm getting in nine minutes to go. I played seven minutes all last year. Like, what am I about to do out here? About to get a triple-double. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, whatever. I played like the whole time. Like, gets down. I haven't, I haven't scored or anything. haven't taken a shot. I got a couple of rebounds, gave up offense rebounds, coach is pissed. Uh, but then time, it's like our, I think it's our last possession of the game that we're going to get for, you know, you're seeing, as a walk-in, you're seeing the shot clock, like see how many possessions you might have left. Oh, yeah. You know, planning it out a little bit. Totally. As Joey might, Joe, Joey knows that, I'm Oh, my sure. God, that's all too familiar. <laughs> and uh, I think Wolf had just hit a shot right before that. Uh, he he didn't get until like later in the game, so like I was like, man, I need to get a shot up at least. And uh, uh, Terrence Phillips actually ended up getting the assist. If you're going to give him assist, I took one dribble, but he drove drove in the middle of the lane from the right wing, uh, hit me in the like, I guess now would be like the nipple corner, if that makes sense. The nipple corner. Um, the, <laughs> the break, the break where the three point line is. Okay. All right. <laughs> you they call that we, the nipple we corner? Can cut that out. <laughs> uh, nope, that's the with, with the Mavs, we call it that. Okay. So. Not to Back brag. Head, Not to but... brag. You work for the Mavs. <laughs> Humble brag. Um, but yeah, I caught it. Little shot fake. Step back three in the corner. Nothing but net. Honestly, wasn't sure if it was gonna air ball or switch when I shot it. Ended up switching. You know, didn't really celebrate or anything because it was the end of the game. We were up forty. I didn't feel that great about it, but. You had been in the game that, for eight minutes. Was, they, they thought you were just a normal player. Yeah, eight minutes, haven't done anything <laughs> of note. And I did it. So then it looks like I'm just the scrub that scored at the end of the game, but so, which I technically was. But I, I have a question for you, and I think the truth to this answer may have never come out before, so you could break the news. Whoa. What, what did the team think about the Michael Porter situation? Uh, as him like signing as a recruit or the injury or as in he comes out of the game and for the next two weeks, everyone's speculating what's going to happen next. 
Um, I mean, as a team, we weren't very like we weren't like. Obviously, we were like hoping he would get better soon and hoping it wasn't serious or whatnot. We were kind of just in limbo, just waiting. But it's not like we weren't really pissed or anything like that. Like we knew we still had a really good team. And it was early, and we were playing well. We had just beat Iowa State without him first game of the year. Um, so I think our outlook was very good. I don't think anybody was uh, – obviously, we were all hoping he would be okay and be able to play before he ended up did come, ended up coming back. But um, there's really not like a an underlying backstory to it all of emotions and stuff, if that's what you're wondering. Fair enough. We're just searching for a headline. <laughs> Brett, breaking news. Brett, Brett, Brett Rouse. Rouse pissed about, about Michael Porter. <laughs> Hates Michael Porter. <laughs> All right, Brett. Well, thank you for coming on. That was perfect. Exactly what we were looking for. Uh, looking forward to having you on again in the future. Yeah, I appreciate it, boys. Always a pleasure. Um, you guys keep doing your thing. Everybody go listen to the pod. Thank you. It's going to be big, bigger than it is one day. Absolutely. Famous people. Hit Absolutely. us up when you're uh hit us up when you're in Chicago. I will for sure. If you come back to Ohio State, let me know. Of course. Go zips. We're going in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, we're going in two yeah. weeks. If you want to come up for the Penn State game even though you're super busy. Yeah, I'm quite quite busy yeah. right now. But Go Zips. Hit, hit me up anyway. Go zips. <laughs> Appreciate the time, boy. Absolutely. You're the man. Talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Peace. We now welcome on to the Drive the Lane podcast, walk-on extraordinaire, Mike Latula, former walk-on at Illinois, former scholarship player at Wright State. Shout-out to the Raiders, who are playing as we speak. Um, but, yeah, Mike was a good buddy of mine. He grew up in the same area as me. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your background, your story, how you became a walk-on. Okay. Um... And I know you and I, you and I discussed this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, just a just a refresher for you. Um, <laughs> so coming at, coming out of high school, you know, had had some mid major offers and decided that you know I want to test myself at the highest level. And you know, so I spoke to Bruce Weber, and you know, he offered me a preferred walk on spot at the time. There was they didn't have any scholarships available, so I decided to to go that route. And um, you know about six months into my commitment to Illinois, uh, Bruce Weber got canned. So I was left with no coach at that point. And, and like I told Joey, it was really down to Shaka Smart, Brad Stevens, and John Gross. Two of those names I'd heard of one I had not. And fittingly, the one I had not became my head coach. And, um, you know, obviously into my career, uh, about halfway through earned a scholarship similar to, the man that I'm talking to right now, Joey Lane. So that's kind of how my career, how I, I guess how I got to Illinois. And then, um, you know, there's just been, there's stories on stories for, for my, for my time there. But the one that I think I would highlight the most, just from the, the most walk on story of them all would be, it was the middle. So it was the start of my junior year. It was in the summer and it was an open gym classic open gym classic um i think we were we were getting towards the end of open gym so 
the chippiness that had started in open gym had carried on towards the end. And me and one of my teammates, Aaron Cosby, he uh, kind of just, we were going back and forth. I think the, 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 uh, the sparks flew early, if you will. And it became, it became like a shove. I mean, I remember I drove to the basket and I was up in the air and he like shoved me into the stanchion under the basket. So I was like, all right, well, let's start. And um, then we got into, you know, really going back and forth. So I think I hit a three, he came down and hit a shot. I hit a three, he came down and missed a shot. I hit another three. So now he's upset. And the walk-on's kicking his ass. Yeah, and, and, and to set the scene, we have one of my good friends, Cameron Liss, who was with his family on the top balcony watching the open gym. So I'm, I'm looking through the eyes of Cameron Liss right now, who probably was just told by the coaches, oh, you know, that's our other, uh, that's our other walk-on down there, Mike, the other, you know, one of about three white guys on the floor. Uh, that's, that's the other one. So you'll probably be pretty tight with him. And I, I would assume that no more than five minutes after my coach telling him that, this is after these three straight threes that I've hit and Aaron comes down and he – I can see like he's getting a head full of steam and he lowers his shoulder and he just like knocks me to the ground. Probably would have been a charge, but it's open gym no and open gym. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cry out for, for a push off and for it to go the other way. So then we go down to the other end again and I forget what happened. I might have scored again. Um, just in one of those zones, you know, and, uh, oh, I, know, and I know that all too well, you know, the feeling, I know, you know, the feeling, so does Andrew. and, uh, and so I get to the other side of the court and it was almost deja vu. I could tell he was head full of steam again. I'm like, he's going to try to run me over again and I'll be damned if I let it happen again. And, um, cue the dramatic music. Um, he comes down at full steam, lowers his shoulder. And at this point I like stand him up. So I, I put my two forearms out and as he lowers his shoulder, I kind of, double forearm hit him back um so i just kind of like stand him up i'm kind of standing up too and joey knows this because joey knows kind of the type of person that i am so there's no surprise here that this wasn't my first mix up or getting in mixing it up with somebody um so you know that you know the look on someone's face before it's about to happen (laughs) so he he kind of brushes back and then gives me this look and I don't know if I physically made the expression, but it was kind of like a, yeah, here we go. He's going to punch me in the face. <laughs> so, so I literally just kind of, before I could even gather my thoughts, there's just about four knuckles on my forehead. Like it was one of those things I always picture, you know, picture a punch in the face, just a clean, like cheek, like knuckles, the cheekbone. And, you know, you can kind of get out your, your, your face. Yeah, 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 your your face gives a little bit, and you're like, all right, well, this was just knuckles to forehead. And I remember Nana Egwu, who was our seven foot, two hundred and fifty pound center at the time. Just he he was like our leader. He he went in to break it up, but what he doesn't, what he didn't do was control his body. So he knocked me to the ground, and now I'm like, I'm trying to get my wits about me, and I'm laying on the ground. And, and like I, I come to and I look up and now the kid who just punched me is standing over me <laughs> and gives me another one to the forehead again. I don't know what the forehead, the deal with the forehead, forehead was. 
I, I don't know. I like a uh, rocket five, five head, head by dude. now. Oh, jinx! That's, yep, yep. That's that's synergy. That's synergy right there. I uh, please don't steal my. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was like. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he was thinking. Don't want to break his nose. Don't want to break his jaw. So I think the path of least resistance here Just is probably his skull. CT. Just give him some CT. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just we'll. we'll I, I hope he forgets about this. Was probably what was going on. Um, so he he gives me another one to the face. So he's two for two here. I'm. I mean, at this point, I think if I try, it was broken up at this point. I say that. I mean, who knows? I, I probably wouldn't have thrown a punch to be honest, because I, I don't know where it's going to go from there. Like I could throw another punch, but then I'm like, all right, now what? Now now does it run back off and let us duke it out? Because at that point, I don't I don't like my odds. And I would Cameron have to start Liss's, going like Cameron Liss's parents are the only adults in the room. And Cameron Liss's parents are standing up top, probably absolutely mortified. As they should. Like, wait, that's that's the kid? That's the only other walk on who's that's just who just got one. absolutely who just got his face pounded into the hardwood. Um but the funniest the funniest part about it was well Paris Parham came down, our assistant coach, and, and he said, Open gym's over, it's done, end it. And um so we, we come down and, and now we have to lift. So we had open gym and then we had a lift. So it wasn't like, Hey, like a classic open gym at a, at a rec center. It's like, he punched me, whatever. And now I can get in my car and drive off. No, and never see him again. No. Now we go to, now we go to the rack. We head to the rack and you know, he's, he's spotting me for bench and doing all that stuff. So he, he's, walking towards like out of the out of the gym and he's like well let's settle this in the locker room let's go to the locker room let's finish this in the locker room like what does finish this mean like what is, is let me ask Aaron, let me ask finish let me it answer. sounds like a couple more shots to the forehead <laughs> finish it man i'm like dude you can i mean i'm already seeing double so i don't know like what what finish it means if, if you just want me to go blind that's that's a it's a whole nother story but so we had to go lift and i'm yelling this is like my comeback to him he's like Bitch ass, we're going. Hey, come into the <laughs> locker room, and I'm like, and my my like retaliation's like, hey, bro, we got a lift. Like, what's up? Like, what's up? We got a lift. Like, that's my like. I get out hey, man, let's you, make bro. sure what's we're up? on. Yeah, yeah. What's up, bro? Like, I'm, I'm about to clean two fifteen. <laughs> um, but but he was like, that was like my trash talk. Was like, hey, man, what's up? Let's not be late to this lift. Like like uh, like let's etiquette, man. Let's man. go. Come on. Yeah, let's be punctual, man. Come on. So um, after the lift, so the next day, I don't even think I told you this, this part, Joey. So I get called into Gross's office. Wait, is this breaking news? And he calls me in. <laughs> this is breaking news. This is, this is completely new material. But Gross calls me into his office, and you know I'm ready for the whole, hey, what happened yesterday was unacceptable. You know, Make sure that you guys, make sure cooler heads prevail next time, blah, 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 blah. No, I got sat down and gross, gross goes, because Cam, Cameron Liss told me this at one point. Cameron Liss's family got pulled into a meeting after that, and it was kind of like a, this doesn't usually happen thing. <laughs> and then I guess he was told that gross went like, you know, that's just Mike. You know, it's just Mike being Mike down there. Like, I'm like, Mike being Mike. I, don't know, I was a punching bag. Like, <laughs> that's so I mean, he acted Mike. like I was like, that's just Mike being Mike, just taking punches to the cerebellum. And, uh, and he, he, he basically like pulled me into his office and goes, well, you need to, you need to go apologize to Aaron. I go, what? I go, I can't, I, I'm like, I can't count backwards from 10 and I gotta go, I gotta go apologize. 
So I, I went downstairs and like walked onto the court and I knew like the coaches oh, maybe nope, been like watching nope, from up top. <laughs> and I walked, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I walked, I, I walked, I walked down there and I, I think for the record, I didn't apologize. Um, would you? cause I knew that it wouldn't have mattered one way or the other to him. Like me, me being like, I don't even think it would have made sense. I think he would have been like, wait, why is he apologizing? Like, <laughs> Like, hey man, sorry if I hurt your hand. Sorry if I <laughs> sorry, sorry if I might have broken hand. your wrist. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's that. The, but the yeah, the funniest part is is Cam just being a part of all this and being upstairs like, oh wow, this is big time basketball, and all of a sudden I'm just getting an absolute knuckle sandwich. Um, but yeah, dude, it was it was, it was wild. I uh, and, there, and it carried on to Wright State too. I took a. I took a couple licks there too. I mean, it's just, just I don't know. You face got, is an absolute some, magnet some for punches. Have, some people have punchable faces. I would say when I first, I, I, I never thought I was one of those hey, guys. That's what I was going to say. When I first met you, you, I didn't pin you as a punchable face guy, but clearly you no. are, whether you like it or not. So. You know this this I comes picture, with I, punch, this comes with no disrespect to you or Joey, especially because of where my athletic career has taken me. I think it sums yeah. up a walk-on pretty well that we say, give us your best walk-on story, and it's about an open gym with another walk-on. I think that kind of sums up walk-ons Inc- including right Including another walk-on. Including another walk-on. Well, yeah, to be fair, to be fair, I, I, was, I wanted to make sure that my walk-on story had as much walk-on flavor to it as possible. I mean, I, there's, there's plenty. I mean, there's, there's plenty more stories. I mean, I think this one was, this one was funny because it was – through my eyes as a walk-on and then through the eyes of a future walk-on up top was just, it was, it was perfect. But I, uh, yeah, the punchable faces, that's, that's the tough part for me. I always envision it to be like square face, you know, maybe like a tad, a tad pudgy face, square face. I don't think I really embody either of those. And yet here we are, here we are. And I got about, you know, four or five punches. Um, to the face to my name so well mike i will say out of all the guys that we are um interviewing for this episode you are probably i almost definitely the best playing walk-on in terms of you know athletic ability where they ended up (laughs) no other guys were were contributing on division one teams really um do you remember your first bucket and do you did you were you excited or were you like no 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 there's more to come First bucket, um, so, so regular season. Uh, we'll, we'll go regular season now. I'm not going to count. Actually, my first my first bucket was waved off by moving screen. Um, <laughs> who who set the illegal which, screen? Uh, Ibi Jimde was his name. <laughs> uh, straight from Mali, Africa. Uh, that's and that's he actually was. That, that's not me being tongue tongue in cheek there. But he, uh, yeah, I came off like a pin down. It was actually against Lewis in an exhibition game. And uh, it's a little hometown flavor. Not hometown, but Romeoville, close enough. And uh, came off a pin down and fell off the hands. Oh, my God. Off the hands. I'm like, that's nylon. And uh, literally, as it's like a third of the way to the basket, I'm like, well, that's my first bucket there. And I hear a whistle. And I'm like, well, I didn't get fouled. So it's got to be a moving screen. So it was a moving screen and then ended up coming back down the court I don't know if it was a possession or two later and actually got the bucket, but in, in the regular season, we opened up with St. Francis before we flew to the Maui, um, before I played a game in the Maui and Jay Billis was saying on the, on the broadcast that 
uh, a year in the weight room would do me well, is what he said. Um, so was he wrong? Probably needs, not. Need, no, he wasn't. I literally, I, I had a two bed, two bath in the, in the weight room that, uh, that summer actually carved out real estate, but, uh, yeah. We, we so St. Francis it. was our first We game. got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so St. Francis, St. Francis was the first game and that, that was, I actually played, I played actual minutes. I think my, my first bucket came, it was like maybe 11 minutes left in the first half. So it felt real. And like the place, well, I was telling Joey this when he came on my podcast. Um, but the place was just going crazy. And like I said, like I told Joey, I hated that. I appreciated it, but I didn't like it because I was like, I came here to play. I came here to like play a lot. And I told you, he's everyone kind of walk on guys. I told you. <laughs> yeah, he was just, yeah. I mean, he's just, he was just like, they're, they're, they're doing like a whole, so like when we played Gonzaga, this guy did like the, the air guitar on the, no, you know, Rem. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. 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 So Rem, Rem did the air guitar <laughs> after a three, but for some reason, everybody thought it was me. Because we were playing in Zag, I don't know. And for whatever reason, the rest of my career, every time I hit a shot, everybody on the sideline was doing the air guitar. I was like, what is going on? I love that. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, Mike, the air guitar. I'm like, I never did that. Like, I literally never did that one time. Never, ever. So, never, never have I ever <laughs> done the air guitar. So, yeah, that's, that's long story short. No, that's awesome, man. Okay, before we let you go, give your podcast a quick plug. I was on Mike's podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, it's awesome. It's it it is just Mike, but Mike knows more about sports and basketball than the the average human. Um, absolutely worth a listen, Mike. Let them know where they can uh, where they can find it. Yeah, yeah, Joey. That's a hell of an intro. Um, hey, I, the I full ninety four podcast with yeah, yeah yeah the full ninety four podcast with with myself. Um, obviously, I've had an array of I say an array of guests. There's been two guests so far. We're still in our infancy because we did. We did say, and I, like obviously Apple, Spotify, all platforms. But we did say, you know, are you, what episode is this for you guys? Um, eleven, ten or eleven? Eleven, twelve, counting our. So you're, live so show. you, so you're, like we said, Joey. Anything under ten is a new podcast. Totally. So you guys are no longer a new podcast. I am on. I think I am on my. This will be my fifth episode coming out here this week. Um, so still in its infancy. Um. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if any of the drive the lane civilians want to make their make their way over to but hear if something, want to drive the full ninety four with you. If they want to drive the entire length of the court with me, not just the lane. If they want to go the full ninety four, you know, you you come on over. Um, you know, I I don't I don't discriminate any type of audience is welcome. I don't care if they're Buckeyes or yeah. You know, I actually do the episode I'm coming out soon. I'll. I do touch on the touch on the Buckeyes a little bit, so we uh, we'll be on the lookout for that. You don't yeah. have to talk in so much code. I'll come on, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> we should do like a hybrid episode, would, like a would be fun. a crossover episode. Whenever you come to, whenever you come back to Chicago, I don't know if you ever do or not, but whenever you do, we'll make it happen for sure. I mean, it's it's got yeah, it's got to be. I'm, I'm assuming I, I just the roots the roots are so embedded there. I got I got to be back soon. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you know, man. Absolutely, you're the best. You're the man. Listen to Mike's podcast; it's awesome. He's an awesome. Uh, as you can tell, he's got a bunch of stories, and he saved a ton for his own podcast. So, give it a listen. Michael Tulip, walk on extraordinaire, by far the best basketball player that will be um, interviewed in this episode. <laughs> Mike, thanks again for coming on, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, man.
We hope you enjoyed the Walk-On Chronicles. We have some very exciting, very cool guests coming up after this week of going to Columbus for the Penn State game. You know, we're doing our own little road trip. And once again, if you guys are listening all the way to the end, here's another sneak peek at who one of the special guests might be. There's a state that we have to drive through. You know what it's called by now. Um, The Hoosiers play there. It has nothing to do with Indiana. Evansville plays there. Evansville plays there. The guest has nothing to do with Indiana other than the fact that he played college basketball in the state of Indiana. Well, that's so, just one of the guests that we're getting. What, and the other guest played high school basketball in Indiana. And the other guests we're getting are still to be determined. Yeah. So if you're listening this far, I had a ton of fun on this interview. Andrew didn't have a ton of fun, but that's okay. I'm tired, man. <laughs> <laughs> I um, need to go to bed. It's yeah. 7.15. I got to go to bed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I'm a professional podcaster. Andrew has a real job, so he's tired all day. It's just <laughs> stupid. But, anyway, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, let us know what you think of this one. High Street Tees. Shout out to High Street Tees. Go use our promo code DTL15. Get 15% off. Um, we're excited for what's next with this podcast. Shout out to Letterman Row. Um, we, um, we will talk to you guys soon. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Drive the lane.